Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about the one ingredient your smoothie recipe is missing in our first segment. Then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about what is a healthy weight. And before we get into that, if you'd like to join the conversation, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to enroll in our insiders community where I share more entertaining behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Now, let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. Oh yeah, baby. So what are we talking about this week on Healthy Conversations? <laughs> so we're going to go over the uh, the one ingredient your smoothie recipe is missing. And I think, you know, I think this goes without saying that experimenting with smoothie making <laughs> is a rite of passage, really, for, for you out there that are wellness curious. Like this is uh, one of those things that we all kind of experiment with at some point in time and it's pretty fun to watch how some people get all into it like super into it you know so so much so that the the blender basically becomes their bff you know like your most cherished and beloved kitchen item the, the best tool like your saving grace <laughs> You use it every morning for breakfast or in the afternoon for post-workout fuel. I mean, it's great, you know, but for others, eh, maybe not so much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the the blender gets put just out of reach. So there's more space on the kitchen counter for, let's say, you know, your air fryer or something. <laughs> and the blender is kind of, quote unquote, demoted, you know, and, and only gets pulled out on special occasions like, you know, for margaritas or frozen daiquiris, you know, but no matter how many times you fire up your blender, there's a good chance <laughs> that you've came across one of the most uh, common problems of your smoothie making career, however brief that career may have been. You know, like you fire it up, make that super duper frozen smoothie, and then you just realize, you know, <laughs> This is not as filling or satisfying as I thought. You like you take it down, 
You're loving it. You know, it tastes great. You're you're proud of your smoothie. But then, you know, later on, it's like, it's not filling. It's not satisfying. And this is more common than you actually think. So don't worry. Actually, for some people, that's literally the reason why their blender was removed or banished from the kitchen counter in the first place. So according to uh, Right Balance Nutrition founder and registered dietitian, uh, Jen Lawrence, smoothies can and should be a nutritious and satisfying meal replacement if, <laughs> that's a big if, if you set them up like a meal, which most people just don't, like they do not. It's not in their agenda. Because here's what most people put in their smoothies. And let me know down in the comments if you're guilty or not, because I'll be straight up with you. I'm guilty AF, you know what I mean? So don't worry, I'm right there with you. But most of us put in things like, let's say a whole banana or a couple berries or an apple, you know, some, some pineapple and like, you know, other delicious fruits and things like that. But the funny thing is that this is not how they would serve their dinner play. Like this is not how they would, like this is not <laughs> what they would put on their dinner play. You know, they, the key is really to think of your smoothie in the same way you would your, uh, you know, your dinner plate. <laughs> so basically, if it doesn't contain the normal nutritional elements of a lunch or dinner, you know, there's no way it's going to be as satisfying as a meal on its own. Just like your meals need to be, you know, quote unquote, uh, well balanced, so do your smoothies. So then the question here, because, <laughs> you know, I always bring up questions, you know, what the heck do you put in your smoothies so that it is <laughs> fully balanced? You know, that, that's the question. Like, really think about this, because again, it's not much different than putting together a well-balanced plate or a meal. So here we go. Here's, here's what you should put in your smoothie in order to be certain, uh, you know, that it's close to how you would set up a plate. And to make sure that it's as filling as possible, you know, so you can actually use them as a meal replacement. So the first ingredient, uh, write it down, is complex carbs. You shouldn't be too surprised here. I mean, I already told you that you need to think of your smoothie in the same way uh, you'd think about a well-balanced plate. So there you go, <laughs> you know, carbs. So, so many people forget to include this in their smoothies. And complex carbs are basically foods that contain the type of carbs that are more, uh, you know, slowly digested by the body. This is super critical to add to your smoothie if you want it to fill you up and fill you up longer. Without it, <laughs> you're going to be hungry within an hour or so, you know, from, from the time that you finish your smoothie. You know, that's just basically it. Not only that, <laughs> but complex carbs also help to keep your blood sugar levels in check, you know, and, and keep it from spiking. You know, this stability in your blood sugar levels also helps keep your energy and your mood stable and it keeps it up. <laughs> you know, and going for longer periods of time. So an example of, you know, a complex carb or a really good one uh, to put in your smoothie are oats. Oats are a great complex carb to add to your smoothies. Now this doesn't mean, you know, oat milk. So don't get it twisted, you know what I mean? Like I've got to go out on a limb here and, and let you know that oat 
milk is more water <laughs> than anything else. So it's actually not that great unless you're dehydrated. And even then, it probably wouldn't help much. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, a, that's a different topic for a different day. But if you're the only way that that would help out, I suppose, is that, again, if you're dehydrated. But if you are, uh, then you have bigger problems than getting carbs into your smoothie. So aside from oats, you know, you could also use uh, whole grain foods like uh, quinoa. Now that's another great complex carb. If you're not too, you know, if you're not too keen <laughs> on the oats, you know, quinoa is another good one. But you definitely have to get those carbs in to your smoothie. And not again, not just, you know, any regular old carbs. We're talking about the good complex carbs. Again, oats, quinoa, things like that. The second ingredient you should be adding to your power smoothies is protein. So let me ask you this. Would you look at a plate of greens and then think to yourself, man, <laughs> this plate is looking satisfying right here. Like, like, is that something that you would say to yourself? Like, I don't think you would. You know, there, there's something missing, right? <laughs> Wouldn't some nice lean protein just round out that plate? Well, it's the same with your smoothie. You know, protein is definitely a must have in terms of making it filling and satisfying. And that's what we're going after. We're not just talking about filling up, quote unquote. We're not just randomly filling up on whatever, you know. We're looking for things that satisfy and give you that nutrition that, you're, that your body needs. It'll also give you the energy you need to keep you going. If you're having a smoothie for a meal, you want the protein portion of it to be between 10 and 20 grams, depending on your specific needs, obviously. And this is not hard to come by either. If you really think about it, you can you can easily get that amount of protein from things like uh, Greek yogurt and flax seeds and chia seeds. Shit, a fucking <laughs> scoop of protein powder or any combination that you find tasty, you know, just get that protein in there. The third must-have ingredient to add is fiber. Now, we've all heard it before, but I'll say it again because it just it's just that important, you know, it matters. <laughs> it's super important to load up on vegetables at every meal because simply put, <laughs> they're full of fiber, period, you know? They're good for your digestive health, your blood sugar levels, and for that good uh, full feeling, you know, that, that feeling of being satisfied after a meal. The same thing applies for making a smoothie. You wanna get that fiber in there. And now it's been recommended to use spinach in your smoothies because that's like a wonder fiber. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll give you that long lasting full feeling that you're after basically. And if you're looking for something more on the, uh, you know, sweeter side of things, then try some carrots. Like might, that might be what the doctor ordered, you know? Also, if you'd like to add more fiber and antioxidants, then fruit, like a couple berries, might be what you need to knock out that hunger feeling for a longer period of time. That's it, you know? And now the fourth ingredient on this list is is healthy fats. So simply put, <laughs> healthy fats are crucial for the brain, for, you know, hormonal health and for uh, heart health, you know? And this is why it's so important to get a serving at every meal. But the tricky thing about smoothie building is that some foods like peanut butter, obviously, are, are sources of both protein and healthy fats. 
So it could be a little confusing because in this case, it's basically both, you know, again, protein and healthy fat. So when you're reaching for that jar of peanut butter, what I recommend is that you look at what macronutrients makes up the majority of the food. So for example, with again, with peanut butter, it has protein, but since it's mostly made of healthy fats, you won't need as much of it. So typically you only need about 14 grams per meal of healthy fat and depending on the type of protein you add to your smoothie then that number is often you know already included in what comes in your choice of protein and realistically you don't need to add a ton of extra fat in most cases just think of a quarter of an avocado or a quarter cup of nuts that's all you need to get the most out of that smoothie and now this might seem like a lot to remember like a lot goes into making a healthy smoothie but most foods contain more than one nutrient this helps fill in the different nutrient buckets at the same time so again for instance fruits and veggies also contain some carbs two for one baby <laughs> yeah peanut butter protein and healthy fat two for one efficiency is what I'm all about that's what I'm talking about you know but the main thing that I want you to keep in mind here when making your favorite smoothie is this you want to make absolutely sure that you're hitting each of these four nutrients when busting out that blender you know what I mean and most importantly don't forget those often neglected complex carbs and with these tips in mind you'll be the next smoothie king of your town in no time flat and so the more you know the better you'll be and now with all that said and done let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with mighty man awesome yeah that was a great little segment there i love smoothie making like that's one of my go-to tricks like go-to foods and whatnot when i'm trying to die when i'm trying to lose weight when i'm trying to carve trim whatever <laughs> you know there's pretty much no fitness or health goal that you could not fit in a good smoothie you know what i mean but you have to keep those things in mind you know but anyway speaking of fitness goals and weight goals and stuff in this week's installment of mighty man we're talking about what is a healthy weight what <laughs> this is a hell of a question if you ask me because according to the chart you know quote unquote the chart me personally i'm overweight <laughs> you know standing at a, a five feet ten inches tall and weighing in at just over like literally a shade a sliver over 210 pounds and, and i mean many of us have a vague idea of what is meant by you know again quote unquote a healthy weight but we also know that we could probably stand to lose a few pounds am i right <laughs> you're probably thinking that right now huh. i know i am i all the time i think about it you know like yeah i'm not tech i'm technically not overweight but you know i could i could lose a little bit more you know i i could lose an inch or two in my, in my waist you know <laughs> we get hit left and right with weight loss messages all day long we're urged to do it for both our health and to maintain a certain level of beauty <laughs> that is proven with a lean figure am i right but who actually needs to lose weight and what exactly does it mean to be at a healthy weight great questions if you ask me again because to be honest it's not as simple and as straightforward as just you know stepping on the scale and seeing whatever that magic number is for you and when you hear about quote unquote a healthy weight you often hear references to bmi or you know your body mass index this is 
supposed to be like the standard of judging, <laughs> you know, what's healthy and what's not. And that's simply because BMI is currently used by doctors as a quick assessment to whether or not you're in fact at a healthy weight. <laughs> you know, they use it as a sensor basically uh, to sense whether or not you're at risk for certain obesity related chronic diseases like heart disease and high blood pressure and diabetes and stuff like that. And the reason they do this is simply because of fat. And that's it. Basically, you know, the BMI is a quick and dirty way of calculating whether someone's weight is out of proportion to their height, you know, because essentially when that happens, it's often assumed <laughs> that the person is carrying around excess fat or too much weight, you know, which that in itself can elevate your, you know, their risk for these types of chronic conditions. Again, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, etc. things like that. There's no secret here. Carrying around this excess fat is dangerous, especially when it builds up around your midsection where all your vital organs live. That's why I'm always looking at my midsection, not because I want a six pack, you know, because I don't want it. It's more because I don't want it to get out of control because I know that section, that area of your body is where all your vital organs live. That's, that's where they hang out. That's where they are. You know what I mean? And too much fat in that area raises your chances of, you know, again, of, of getting these nasty ass diseases, you know, having too much belly fat has been linked with an increased risk of all sorts of crap, <laughs> you know, for a lack of better terms. Again, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, dementia, all that shit. And that's because these fat deposits are metabolically active. <laughs> what the hell does that mean, right? <laughs> metabolically active. What, what is that? <laughs> So if you're nodding your head and saying, yeah, what is that? You know, shrugging your shoulders, giving me the uh, uh, <laughs> the people's eyebrow. <laughs> you know, this basically means that the fat acts as if it were itself, you know, an organ. Think about that. The fat gets to a point where it becomes living, quote unquote, you know, for lack of better terms, it, it starts releasing hormones that influence how your body works. So it starts fucking with your internal organs for a lack of better terms, you know? And here's the curveball. Well, if that wasn't bad enough, even thin people who are technically, you know, within the BMI scale, even these people can be carrying around too much belly fat. Bombshell. Boom. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did you? And, and it's true though, you know, even skinny people can have technically, you know, they can technically have too much belly fat. This fat, this can increase their risk of chronic disease as well. They're not immune to this, you know, just because they're thin and slender. If they have the wrong fat in the wrong areas, it will affect them just as much as it'll affect you or me. You know what I mean? They too can suffer from high blood pressure. They too can suffer from diabetes. You know, it's all about where the fat is stored in the body and how it affects the way your metabolism works. And in case you're like me <laughs> and can't remember way back to your high school biology days, the metabolism is the process by which your body converts calories from the food that you eat into energy to power up your body. You know what I mean? So for you gearheads out there, I know you're listening. You can think of your metabolism as being similar to the mechanical process of uh, combustion that takes place inside an engine block. If you can call combustion a mechanical process, I don't know, that's, it, it, would that be mechanical? I don't know. <laughs> For an engine,
engine, the fuel is your gasoline. That's the gasoline. That's the fuel for, for an engine. And the process of combustion is what produces the force and the energy that the engine needs to propel your vehicle from zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds if you're driving the new Tesla Model S. <laughs> But actually, there is no combustion engine in a Tesla. It's all battery powered. But you get what I'm saying. I just had the Tesla on my mind. Such a sexy and attractive vehicle, I might add. But anyway, with your body, the fuel is the food that you eat. And the process of metabolizing food is what gives you the energy to run marathons. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you take in or consume more calories than you need to meet your daily needs, <laughs> then your body will store the extra calories as fat you know and that's the issue when it comes to being overweight the bmi is intended to help doctors spot patients who might need to shed some you know excess fat <laughs> you know it's primarily meant to be used as a screening tool to assess weight status and now that we've got that understanding out of the way how do we calculate your bmi it's i mean <laughs> great question again you know but it's a pretty logical question at this point right you know well believe it or not it's actually easier than you think you know all you have to do is simply divide your weight in kilograms by your height in meters squared <laughs> gotcha that's for my people around the globe for us Americans it's a little more complicated but not really <laughs> work with me here bear with me so what Americans would do is we'd first multiply our weight by 703 that's the magic number keep that in mind and then we would take that number and divide by our height in inches squared did you follow that first multiply your weight by 703 then divide that by your height in inches squared <laughs> boom if this sounds too complicated don't worry you can google bmi calculator and there are literally hundreds of free calculators online but that's basically it actually i shared my favorite online calculator along with uh, you know a ton of other free resources that i use for this purpose with my community and it actually started some great conversations on multiple occasions like multiple times that it, that it came out i was actually pleasantly surprised always love to spark that intelligent conversation with y'all <laughs> you know you like you guys are awesome and that's honestly why i do all of this but all in all like calculating your bmi is super simple but then comes the question okay <laughs> now what you know like i've got my bmi what do i do with this information what do i do with this data you know you're, you you found a calculator you've gotten your bmi what now what <laughs> you know this is what i have to say you know like as a general rule of thumb you can take your bmi and if it's under 18.5 then you're considered underweight you know like you need to eat some more food <laughs> you need to get some proper nutrition up in you now if you're uh you know if you're between 18.5 and 24.9 then you're considered normal weight you're doing good you know whatever it is that you're doing whatever regimen whatever food whatever diet ex like you're good just keep up the good work <laughs> you know if you fall within the range of 25 and 29.9 <laughs> then you're considered overweight and that's where i fall like that's the category where i, I forget what my number is at this at, uh, right now but i remember i landed in the 27 point i don't know eight nine range around there but we're going to talk about that in a minute and you and if you're over the 30 mark then you're considered obese my friend and i'm sorry to you know i feel for you 
because that's no joke. Now, that being said, there's a lot of other things that need to be taken into consideration here. So, for instance, your body type or whether your weight is mostly muscle or fat. These are things that are not taken into consideration when calculating BMI. You know what I mean? Or when you use these BMI calculators, I should say. You know, that like there, there's, uh, there are pro athletes who we tend, you know, to think of as, you know, the fittest of the fit, right? Well, you'd be surprised to find out that some of these athletes register as overweight <laughs> or even obese if they were to go strictly by the BMI numbers, you know what I mean? Now, we know this is not the case. We know that they have more muscles than most people, you know? And we also know that muscle is heavier than fat, right? So this kind of throws off or skews the BMI results, but it's something that we need to take into consideration, you know? And, and no one knows this about yourself better than you, you know? Nobody knows you better than you. I've said this before. You know if you're the gym rat type of person or, uh, you know, a Netflix and chill, pass me the Cheetos type of guy, you know? All that being said, don't take BMI as the be all end all measurement because it's not, you know, at the end of the day, it just doesn't take important components into consideration like your age and your race and whether you're, uh, you know, male or female, uh, your, your uh, muscle mass, bone density, and that's just to name a few. What you should be striving for on a daily basis is your specific optimal or ideal weight. So basically what you specifically <laughs> should be weighing. Ideally, you should include a combination of indicators to find that magic number, that magic weight, and uh, you know measurements that you can get from tests like the Harris-Benedict, which takes into account your age, your height, your weight, and your gender, or the Mifflin St. Jure that takes into account those factors and also the amount of calories your body burns just to stay alive. You can use simple waist circumference measurements. Again, we all know extra abdominal fat increases the risk of diseases like heart disease and diabetes. We already mentioned this, you know, and basically these risks increase with a waist size greater than 35 inches for women and 40 inches for men. So men, <laughs> keep an eye on your women too. When they ask you how they look in those jeans, stop looking at their ass. <laughs> I know it's hard, no pun intended, but stop looking there and put your hands around their waist and give them a tip that they truly need. I'm just saying. <laughs> but all jokes aside, a more in-depth evaluation of a person's health takes so much more into consideration, like, uh, you know, your blood pressure, cholesterol and glucose levels, and even uh, pulse and oxygenation numbers, like basic blood work can give you and your doctor a lot more detail about your health, about like all these numbers that we just mentioned about the blood pressure and your glucose levels, oxygen, like all, like a good blood work will give a lot more detail and it'll let you all know whether you're metabolically healthy and more importantly, at what weight you'd be considered healthy versus not healthy. So get on over to your doctor for some blood work, if nothing else. They can also take personal medical conditions and your family history conditions into consideration as factors in determining your disease risk. And actually, there's one other really good test that's 
offered at my gym. It's called an in-body scan. I, I, I personally had never heard of it, of course. <laughs> so what do I do when I find something new and interesting? You know, <laughs> I researched the crap out of it, you know? So it's pretty, it's pretty impressive actually. So within a few minutes, you get a pretty comprehensive picture of your body composition, you know? So it tells you things like body water and uh, protein levels, uh, minerals and body fat, like things that, that your body is made up of, <laughs> you know? These are all things that are closely related to your body's overall health, you know? So again, within minutes, you have a report, literally uh, printed out, that gives you a breakdown of all this information so you can easily and quickly make an assessment and start tailoring a workout or even a nutritional plan, I suppose, to help you get to your goals. And it's honestly so simple. Like the machine looks kind of like a digitized uh, doctor scale, you know, the, the the big scale of the doctor's office that has that built-in height measurement thing. <laughs> looks similar to that, except it also has these two handlebar looking things that you hang on to. These handlebars have uh, electrodes on them that you need to hold in a certain way. And there's also some electrodes uh, for your feet. So you stand on the electrodes with your socks, obviously, and you hold on to these uh, handlebar looking things. And then, you know, they run the scan on the machine. And don't worry, like these electrodes aren't going to electrocute you or anything like that. You're not going to fry your brain or anything like that. You know, they're, they're it's harmless. You know, and within again, within minutes, you have this full report in your hands with a breakdown of what your body is made out of. I mean, it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I shared this also with my community, and I got a ton of feedback on that. It, it, I, again, it's it's really amazing. I, I, I highly suggest that. Like, I suggest you reach out to your local gym and find out if they use this in-body technology or something similar. And if they do, take advantage of it, you know? <laughs> so anyway, to answer the original question of what is a healthy weight? Well, my friend... <laughs> That's like nailing jello to a wall. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a tricky question to answer because there's a ton of moving parts involved. But here's my suggestion and I suppose uh, my answer at the same time to this question is, uh, you know, get on over to a doctor to get your blood work done and find somewhere that uses this in-body scan technology, maybe even at your doctor's office or at the gym, you know? With these two simple yet effective diagnostic tools, you'll find find that optimal weight just for you. And <laughs> you'll easily be on your way to living past 100 just like me. That's my goal. I'm aiming for it and I'm hoping to hit it in stride. Emphasis on the stride because it's not just a matter of reaching 100, <laughs> but I want to still be strong and healthy to actually enjoy my life at that age with my kids and my grandkids and things like that. Are, are you with me? <laughs> you know, are you there with me? Let me know. Drop it in the comments. And so, with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to you today. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be reviewing the weight loss benefits of milk thistles. So, fellas, you do not want to miss out on that. And if you love what you heard in today's episode and want more actionable topics just like these, then you need to be in the conversation with me and the rest of the community by heading on over to podcast.daspination.com slash 
VIP to enroll in our insiders community where I share exclusive raw behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love this show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Until our next chat, take care now. Bye.